welcome to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast, a weekly conversation about mental health, personal development, and all the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia. For more information or to find a therapist in your area, visit our website at therapyforblackgirls.com. While I hope you love listening to and learning from the podcast, it is not meant to be a substitute for a relationship with a licensed mental health professional. Hey, y'all. Thanks so much for joining me for session 330 of the Therapy for Black Girls podcast. We'll get right into our conversation after a word from our sponsors. The reviews for Sisterhood Heels are rolling in, and I simply cannot stop smiling. At the Hot Girl Books on Instagram shared, Finished reading this warm hug of a book last night, and wow, it made me want to hug my sister friend so bad. Sisterhood Heals is a beautiful guide on how we as Black women can use our community and friends to aid in our healing process. Thank you so much for the beautiful review. Have you grabbed your copy yet? Get one for yourself and a friend at sisterhoodheals.com. Nowadays, a lot of these big companies pretend to care about our communities and issues with nothing more than lip service. State Farm is the opposite. They're actively investing in programs and initiatives that help educate in financial literacy, give early career advice, and grow Black-owned businesses, thus leading to generational wealth, which helps protect the future of our communities. Seeing our communities grow and thrive is something they care deeply about. They want to build a future that we all can be proud of. State Farm understands that representation alone doesn't mean authenticity, that it takes a good neighbor to sponsor programs like the AXO, a year-long program that recognizes and rewards high school students for their academic and cultural achievements, and to fund programs like Project Ready, a National Urban League program committed to the educational achievement of black and brown youth that to date participants have been awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and can have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Hey ladies, it's Dr. Joy. As women, we put our hearts into everything. May is High Blood Pressure Education Month, and it's time to focus on our heart health. Release the Pressure wants to help Black women look at self-care as an act of self-preservation. During High Blood Pressure Education Month, let's help get to our goal of 100,000 Black women putting their hearts first and learn more about their heart health. Visit iHeartRadio.com RTP for a chance to receive a $1,000 gift card to take care of yourself and prioritize your heart health. That's iHeartRadio.com RTP. For the first time in a while, I have quite a bit of fun travel coming up this summer. And I'm really counting on Macy's to help round out my wardrobe for some of these trips. Right now, I've got my eye on a new bag and sandals from Coach and some super cute tops and dresses from Macy's on 34th brand. And you can never really have too many pairs of sunglasses. And there are a lot of cute options to explore right now. If you need a little help getting your summer look together, shop at Macy's.com slash own your style. Last year, Beyonce blessed us with her album Renaissance, and this year, she opened us up to her glittery, futuristic world with the Renaissance World Tour. 
from the viral Everybody on Mute Challenge to the collective silver fashions and the all-around joy cultivated, it's fair to say that the Renaissance World Tour was a whole cultural phenomenon. To reflect on our respective Renaissance World Tour experiences, I'm joined today by TBG team members Lex, Naisha, Elise, Jaina, and Cindy. In our conversation, we chit-chat about our favorite tour performances and moments, gush over the legend that is Blue Ivy Carter, and share our predictions for the newly announced Renaissance Tour movie. If something resonates with you while enjoying our conversation, please share it with us on social media using the hashtag TBGInSession. Or join us over in the sister circle to talk more about the episode. You can join us at community.therapyforblackgirls.com. Here's our conversation. I'm so excited to be joined by several of our team members to celebrate the culmination of the Renaissance Tour. So several of our Therapy for Black Girls team members are joining me today, and I'd love for you to start by introducing yourself, what you do here on the team, and what city or cities did you see the Renaissance Tour in? We'll start with you, Jaina. Hi, everyone. I'm Jaina. I'm the Therapy for Black Girls University Coordinator, and I was able to go to the Houston Night One show. Hey everyone, I'm Naisha. I am the community assistant here with Therapy for Black Girls and I went to Atlanta night two and in New Orleans. Hi, I'm Lex, the virtual assistant and I went to Chicago night one. Hey everyone, I'm Elise, the podcast producer and I went to New Jersey night two. Hi, I'm Cindy. I'm the director of marketing and I went to LA birthday show and Dallas the only night. Perfect. And I went to Atlanta night three, but I have also been on live streams for the birthday show, I believe both of the Houston shows, as well as the Kansas City final show. (laughs) So shout out to all of the faithful fans who have streamed for us on Instagram and TikTok live so that we could be a part of the fun. So from the very beginning, I think when the tour was announced, there was all this hoopla as there always is around buying tickets. So what was the process like for you buying tickets? Like, did you have a strategy with you and your friends? How was that process for y'all? This is Naisha. I'll start. So my best friend was on it. She said, just send me the money and I'll be on it. And she said, anybody else going? I'm like, okay, these people better have their money. So she literally grouped the money together, she bought it, and, you know, we just sent her that cash app. So I think it would have been difficult if all of us were deciding. She just said, just send me the money, and that's it. Okay. And y'all knew that you were going to go to Atlanta? Three of us were in Atlanta. She flew from New York, and we made a party out of it. Yeah. So Naisha, mine was really similar to yours, where we had, like, a plan ahead of time, and I had a ticket-buying friend. And so she actually was not able to get tickets because, you know, it was like a rollout of like different times where you could get them. So we started to panic. But shout out to one of her sorority sisters who was able to get us tickets. And I actually flew from Maryland to Chicago because I needed to see it with my people. I'll go next. Mine was a little bit stressful. So obviously I was trying to go to L.A. and then another show in Texas because I have two college friends in Texas And so we were going to do Dallas or Houston. It ended up being that they chose Dallas. For the LA show, me and like four of my friends, we all signed up to like try and get the codes. And it ended up being that the birthday show was added. And then I got the code on Super Bowl Sunday. I was literally in disbelief. I was just looking at my phone like, wait, 
And then I was like, wait, everybody, please check and like make sure because I'm not the ticket buying friend. It's a very overwhelming thing for me. So it's actually kind of wild that I ended up being the ticket buying friend for two groups. So LA rolls around. I'm sitting there checking out at noon. I had a walkthrough for my job and I was like, I need a ride to this walkthrough. So my friend drove me so that like at noon, I'd be able to like just be on my phone waiting to buy tickets. So that process, bought the tickets. We ended up in Club Renaissance, which was the goal. And then we have different tiered backup plans, but we were fortunate to get it not resale and just outright purchase. So I was so grateful. But then as I was checking out for that one, I got the notification that my Dallas tickets were ready to be purchased. And I freaked out because I was hoping that at least two of us in the group would get tickets and try and coordinate near each other because they had the four ticket limit. But for whatever reason, in Dallas, you were able to buy more than the four because they did their tickets through like SeatGeek instead. So I was able to actually get all five tickets. I think it was the highest my credit card balance had ever been in one go. Like I literally was just swipe and pray. Like, please don't flag this. Thank you so much. So I'm going to just shout out to Amex for that because I literally was like, okay, panicked. And we had all decided on like how much we were trying to spend. So tried to make sure that was also accounted for when I was doing the Dallas ticket and the Club Renaissance ticket. Got it. And Jaina, what about you? Because you went in a different state than you live in. So how did you in your circle decide Houston? So I remember being in school and students freaking out about Beyonce, like in class, figuring out how to get tickets. Me, I was not stressed. I knew where there is a will, there is a way. And I never went through the process of stressing out. So go whole summer. I'm seeing it on TikTok. I see the girls enjoying themselves. I'm like, if I go, I go. If I don't, I don't. I'll see it. And then my mom, she was like, well, I booked a hotel room for Houston. I don't have tickets yet, but we're going to get tickets. And so same mindset. We're going to get it how we get it. And eventually she walked into my room one night and she was like, we're going to Houston and this is where we're sitting. And so I just packed a bag and I went with my mom. So I didn't have a plan. I didn't stress. I didn't fret. I just picked an outfit with my mother and we made it to Houston. But my girlfriends, they were stressed figuring (laughs) out what days they're going to go. Oh, this girl can't go here. And I was just watching them like, okay, like I'm gonna pray for y'all and I hope it works out. And it did. But I never had to really strategize. I'm not that friend. I'm just going (laughs) to sit back and wait. And it worked out. Nice, nice. See, that's the friend I wanted to be. (laughs) But the universe literally said, girl, today is your day to be stressed out and sweating. (laughs) So I never got a code because initially there were only two Atlanta shows, I think. So I didn't get a code for either Friday or Saturday. And then when they added the Monday show, I feel like they added the Monday show maybe on Super Bowl Sunday or something like that. And then I was able to get tickets. So there was a little bit of stress after I didn't get a code. But once they added the Monday show, it was fine. What about you, Elise? Okay, I had a similar experience to Jaina where I was initially going to go with my youngest sister in Atlanta. And then I got kicked to the curb because I was too old to go with the college students. So, <laughs> so I was like, okay, I got to see Beyonce. And so 
I wasn't really stressed. I was never stressed about getting tickets because resale is a thing. And typically, if you are strategic, you can get a good resale price. And so I honestly bought my ticket the day of my show, maybe like seven or eight hours before. And it was cheaper than the same tickets I saw like 24 hours before. So yeah, I kind of just freeballed it after, you know, I got kicked to the curb. <laughs> wow. So I know that there was a lot of like strategy on TikTok with people talking about like waiting to the day of, but it sounds like you have a history of waiting until the last minute to get good deals. So you already knew it was going to work out. Got it. Got it. Okay. So the tour has just wrapped up, but we got, of course, the album in 2022 right? We got the album in 2022. So we had, a, you know, several months to percolate on the music before it was even time for the tour to roll out. So I'm curious to hear what were your favorites from the album before the tour? And did that change for you after seeing any of the songs performed live? I can kick us off with this. So the album dropped and it was August of my senior year. And so I went to this party at Duke University and it was a hippie kind of party, like black hippie party, like really cool alternative. And we were all dancing. And then Cuff came on. It was like we were in another universe. Like the song was new. We all knew the words. And it just, we felt like falling in love. Like it was just, it felt so good. And I just remember like dancing with my hands in the air. But after the concert, I remember being in love with Heated Hearing the fans in real time, it had me. I was like, you know what? This is a part of the choreo. This is a part of the production. So at first, I was in love with Cuff It because this made me feel like a party. But after seeing it in person and hearing everyone pull out their fan and have it in the air, amazing. Oh, I'm just getting excited because of the fans. Like, the fans really got me. So two things. So it was Cuff It for me. Like, that was the theme. Everybody was enjoying it. And then I was like... Let me listen to America Has a Problem. I was like, this is cool. This is cool. But then I was like, we're going back to Cuff It. And then I realized, Dr. Joy, your favorite song when we did a TVG poll, yours was Church Girl. I like to look up the lyrics and like literally just look up the lyrics. And though I didn't grow up as a church girl, I was like, please, yes, this is needed. You know, so I really enjoyed it. But to answer your question, heated. The mechanical fans and everyone pulling out their fans. And when she was doing her moves and her sensual just excitement, it's like, this is amazing. I can't wait to go practice in the mirror. I can say my favorites initially were Plastic Off the Sofa into Virgo's Groove. I just Mm -hmm. love that. I think it's just so beautiful. But as Jaina said, Heated definitely grew on me during the tour. And I think I was actually scared about how America Has a Problem was going to sound live. But I was pleasantly surprised. It was really great. Yeah, so like Alien Superstar was actually my initial favorite right off the bat, along with Move. And I still like really appreciated them like on tour and everything, but I think Heated changed for me. And then I was one of the fortunate groups to get all up in your mind. And so seeing that actually live performed, I literally was like, okay, like I see the vision and I really like this. But I also feel like I just, listen to the album like in full over and over again all the time. So like it was hard for me to pick a favorite initially. So it's just been really great to find new ways to like love all the songs that I feel like I loved instantly. Okay, so I'm an outlier here because my favorite song, I did love Alien Superstar from the very beginning, but my tried and true fave is Move. 
And I wanted to hear her do the entire song from start to finish. And I also am like Summer Renaissance Hive. Like, I love that song. At the end when people were leaving and I was like, y'all are disrespecting one of the best songs on the album. What's happening? (laughs) And so if anything, like seeing Beyonce in her all silver, like up above everybody, like it just was so great and made me love that song even more. Yeah, that's one of my faves. Ooh, I love that such differing opinions there. So I feel like Cozy and like you mentioned, Naisha, Church Girl were my favorites before I got to the concert. I actually didn't really like America Has a Problem before I went to the show. But then when I went to the show, I loved the performance of it. And I really loved that little bee outfit that she had on for most of the <laughs> most of America Has a Problem. And so I think that really took it over the top for me. So Move, I got into when I started seeing people do choreography on TikTok. So there was this one choreographer, I think, in L.A. And Kendall, who ended up becoming one of her background dancers, was in that video and really made me love that song. So Move wasn't one of my initial favorites until I saw people dancing to it. And Church Girl really just had me because of the Trigger Man beat. That's a classic New Orleans beat. And so it felt like it was home for me, for sure. (laughs) So I know that there are probably many. But is there one moment in particular from one of the shows that you attended that has really stuck with you? I'm not sure if it's cliche. It can't be cliche. It's Beyonce. But just seeing her and Blue Ivy on stage as a mom. Like, I have the recording from when I was in Atlanta. And I was like, my baby. But I wasn't talking about Blue. I was talking about just my own child. Because, like, them on stage. And then in New Orleans, like, she was crying, you know, when Blue on stage. And just her smile, the, the way she's smiling. That's how I am when I see my daughter accomplish anything. When she understands how to define a specific word, I'm just like, yes, my child. I was really emotional. And I have pictures. I was really emotional seeing both of them on stage. But, of course, the entire concert. But those specific moments. So... My moment is actually not a Beyonce moment. So I moved away from Chicago. So I got to see so many of my friends who were there at the show and having that moment with my friends because my view at the concert actually ended up being obstructed and we didn't know that before we bought the tickets. So I didn't see as much as y'all probably saw, but really just being able to share that moment with my friends. And we were all so excited about our outfits. Like I was referring to it as adult prom because I can't remember the last time we would have been so excited to get dressed. I wore this chain metal bra with pasties and it was like, girl, who is this? I guess this is what I will wear to my adult Beyonce prom. And so just the joy of it and sharing it with my friends like that, I can still remember it viscerally. It was such a great time. I'm going to have to say, I thought it was very clever how she opened the show. She said, let's get these ballots out the way. And I loved it though. <laughs> I loved it. I think I needed like a moment of calm. I thought it was beautiful. Just the arrangement of all the ballads were really great. And so I'm always in awe of Beyonce as a producer and how she puts things together and how she thinks about things visually and the experience for everyone. So I love that even the on-screen graphics and visuals, I think that was probably one of my favorite parts of the show, especially while she wasn't on stage. I think you had something to look at. I never felt bored. And then hearing everyone sing Cuff It!, It just brought me so much joy. Like that was the song where everyone knew the lyrics. People were screaming at the top of their lungs. I was on the floor. People's chairs were getting knocked over. I was like, this is so much fun. It felt like I was at Beyonce's rave. And so I really did enjoy that. And it just came at the perfect moment into the show. Like you knew it was coming. And that anticipation was like, I'm ready to hear Cuff It. So I think those three stood out to me. I'll say for me, not any particular mute part of the concert but seeing 
creators on TikTok, mash them all together in the different cities. That was priceless for me. I love seeing Beyonce's reaction. Sometimes it was enthusiastic and sometimes it was like, y'all could have done better. So seeing the difference between each city, I love that part. I think I have a few different moments. Like I feel like in LA, the sequence from heated to thick to all up in your mind stood out for me and partition. I just, I love that song. So like, it was just beautiful to see it on stage. And then for Dallas, I think I was just a lot more emotional. So like the things that stood out for me, it's her performance of flaws and all. I started crying. Her performance of Church Girl, the costumes were like incredible. And then also, again, started crying. And then I think I also cried during Break My Soul because my view in Dallas was a little further away. I think I was able to see more of the bigger picture stage. And I think that also altered it for me because I was hearing new things. In the pit, you're kind of like surrounded and there are like so many different places that you can look and you're mostly like in the moment and dancing and like in the energy of the people around you, which I also loved, but it does change the way you experience it because that summer renaissance moment from there was crazy because I literally am convinced that she made eye contact with me because she was looking down and I was looking her dead in the eye. So like, I think it just ended my experience on such a high, but yeah, anyway, those are the moments that stood out like LA versus Dallas for me. It feels really hard for me to pick a moment. And because I have watched it so many times online, I feel like I have trouble remembering like what I actually saw at my show versus what I've seen on TikTok. So I also want y'all to weigh in on whether you like did not see anything before and kind of went in fresh or, you know, where you like, well, I didn't watch very much before my show, but afterwards I've just been watching a ton. But I think the collective sense of joy that the whole experience, right, from the album to like getting the tickets and the tour, all of it. The joy it has brought Black women has just been like unimaginable to me. Like all the conversations about what are we wearing and people getting on TikTok, letting us vote on their outfits. It just feels like it has been such a communal kind of experience at a time where I think a lot of people have felt very low, right? Coming off of whatever stage we are in the pandemic. It just felt like it was such a joyful experience. And even in her opening speech at the Atlanta show, and I think at several of the shows, she's talked about tonight being about joy, not about being perfection, which I think is atypical for Beyonce because she is, I think, a bit of a perfectionist. But I think she really just threw herself into the joy of this. And like you could see how much fun she was having on stage, which I think translated to us in the audience and as we're watching clips. So I don't know that there was any particular moment, but I think that the collective joy it has sparked has definitely been my favorite moment of this whole experience. So did you go into your show with no preconceived notions? Had you stayed off of social and not wanted to watch clips or how did you go into your shows? I like watched nothing. Like I saw things obviously, but the way I would scroll right on past, I think the only thing I had watched was Blue's performances just because I feel like I just can't get over the fact that she's like 11 years old and doing this because I think about myself at 11 and there's no way that you would have me standing on any stage. Even if I had the talent to do it, I'm not doing it. And so I think that's another collective experience that like really honestly touches my heart every single time is that 
the way that we all rally around this young woman as she is coming of age in our space. And I think it's honestly feels like an honor that Beyonce is trusting us with that by like having her daughter perform on stage and opening her up potentially to the same types of criticism that she experiences. But even in LA, the chants for Blue were insane. You know, the Ivy League is real. So I think it's just such a magical moment. I did not want to see any tour footage. I had to know about the mute thing. So like, I was like, oh, what is this? Definitely caught up on Look Around, Everybody on Mute. But I didn't really watch clips from the concert other than if my friends went. But I was tuned in to every outfit. I needed to see it in motion every outfit. I am praying that she releases a coffee table book of every look. I'm in awe. But I think that was the part of the concert I was tuned into from the first show. And then I did see a TikTok at someone, I think it was a week before the Jersey show, someone pointing out what she did in Europe that she has not done in the States. And I watched that because I'm like, well, that's not going to be a spoiler. So yeah. I'm curious what it was. What did she do in Europe that she didn't do in the States? I think there was a different melody into Heated. Like Heated Mm. was different. And some of just like the arrangements were different in general. And then I think in Europe, she performed a few songs that weren't on Renaissance that were different from the non-Renaissance songs she did in the States. Mm. Okay. Okay. Got it. So I did not want to see anything, although of course it kept popping up on the feed. Most popular was Blue Ivy and then seeing her growth, that just continued to bring so much joy. But of course the mute challenge. And now that I look back outside of the States, they didn't know what they were doing. I'm sorry, (laughs) y'all. You know, we held it down, but it was also new, but it was just a riveting experience. So I'm the type of person, I like to figure out things on my own. People can give me all the negative reviews. I'm just going to try it out. And there's pros and cons to that, obviously. So people were like, Beyonce's not dancing that much. One friend was like she she broke her ankle. I was like, what, what are y'all talking about? So when we got there, uh, my best friend, I was like, Jana, she's dancing. I told you she's dancing. She's dancing. I'm like, this is why you can't listen to people. In addition to that, I remember someone was like, Big Frida's going to be in New Orleans. And I was like, yeah, whatever. Let's see. Big Frida, like, you can't listen to people. Just enjoy your experience. This is me personally. Look forward to the experience for yourself. What about you, Lex? Had you stayed off of the videos? I tried, but I'm chronically online, so there was no way that I wasn't going to see anything. So I did my best if I saw a TikTok to just like swipe really fast. And like I would hit not interested for the accounts that are reposting lots and lots of stuff. But I had a feeling that I would see most of it before I got there, which ended up being good because my view was obstructed. For me, I watched everything I saw. I didn't really care to scroll through and like, oh, I can't see it. No, I'm going to watch it because I still know I'm going to experience it in real time after I had confirmed that I was going to experience it. So before I didn't know if I was going, of course, I'm going to watch the clips I see because I don't think I'm going to go. So I was enjoying seeing Blue. I was enjoying seeing her throw up the rock. I was enjoying the commentary about Honey breaking their ankle. I was enjoying every part of it, but I definitely did not shy away from watching a TikTok or an Instagram clip. But I still felt like I had my own authentic experience, whether I watched it or I didn't. Mm -hmm. I agree with you. Like you, Lex, I'm chronically online. And so (laughs) I probably had seen most of the tour. I had not seen a live stream of it before my show, but I definitely had seen all the clips that people had posted because it felt like it was everywhere, right? And probably because I was telling the algorithm that I was interested in. So it just kept giving me more, but it felt very hard to kind of scroll away without watching, especially all of the blue stuff. 
More from our conversation after the break. Nowadays, a lot of these big companies pretend to care about our communities and issues with nothing more than lip service. State Farm is the opposite. They're actively investing in programs and initiatives that help educate in financial literacy, give early career advice, and grow Black-owned businesses, thus leading to generational wealth, which helps protect the future of our communities. Seeing our communities grow and thrive is something they care deeply about. They want to build a future that we all can be proud of. State Farm understands that representation alone doesn't mean authenticity, that it takes a good neighbor to sponsor programs like the AXO, a year-long program that recognizes and rewards high school students for their academic and cultural achievements, and to fund programs like Project Ready, a National Urban League program committed to the educational achievement of Black and Brown youth that to date participants have been awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and can have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Hey ladies, it's Dr. Joy here. May is High Blood Pressure Education Month. It's crucial for us, especially as Black women, to focus on our heart health. We pour our heart and soul into every aspect of our lives, but often our own health takes a backseat. That's where release the pressure comes in. It's all about us. Black women seeing self-care as an essential act of self-preservation. Whether it's for yourself, your family, or our community, your health is invaluable. Let's help to get our goal of 100,000 Black women putting their hearts first and learn more about their heart health. Here's how you can join in. Head over to iHeartRadio.com RTP for a chance to receive a $1,000 gift card to take care of yourself and prioritize your heart health. Let's make our health a priority. Visit iHeartRadio.com RTP today. Together, we can make a difference in our health and our lives. Join us and let's take care of our hearts together. May is Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month. And Macy's is highlighting some really cool AAPI-owned brands right now online and in-store. Some of my favorites are the jewelry from Hey Maeve, and the skincare products from Kaja. For the entire month of May, join Macy's in supporting AAPI-owned fashion brands. You can show your support by donating online or by rounding up in store to benefit APIA scholars. APIA is the nation's leading nonprofit organization devoted to the academic, personal, and professional success of Asian American, Native Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander students. Join me by rounding up your purchase to the nearest dollar at checkout to support API Scholars, an educational nonprofit. Shop Asian American and Pacific Islander-owned brands at Macy's.com or in-store. So because we have talked about blue, it seems like several times, I definitely want to dig into it. So I was also someone who cried every time I saw videos posted of blue coming up out of the ground, even though I knew it was happening and I had already seen it 25 times before. And I think like you, Naisha, seeing your child walk out and do this thing and become their own person. 
But I also think for me, it symbolized this excitement in like this village, like you talked about, Cindy, that I wish all little Black girls had, right? This cheering them on and we're all these virtual aunties creating a safe space for them to like become themselves and like just grow into their own person. So I definitely felt very moved. I'm also a huge member of the Ivy League now as well as the Beehive. But did anything else come up for any of you related to Blue Ivy? Because I know that there were a couple of shows that she did not perform at in the States, though I don't think it was very many. Did everybody see Blue Ivy at their show? It rained. So Beyonce came out, I don't want to say super late. What was it? Supposed to start at seven, which we knew. That's Mm -hmm. not what was going to happen. But I don't think she came out until almost 10 because it had been raining. So I kind of assumed Blue was not coming out. And I was okay with that again, because I'd seen a lot online. And then she came out for Chicago night two. So I was just the, the tiniest bit salty. But I also have felt like a lot of pride and gratitude that we've gotten to watch her get progressively better. And I felt very protective early on when people are like, she's not a dancer, where I wanted to be like, girl, you're not a dancer. She is a child and she's just getting started. Like everybody calm down. So it was just so nice seeing her get more and more comfortable and do her little pe- Like, yeah, I loved seeing every clip of Blue. Every clip that I saw, of course, were her just coming out the ground, as you mentioned, that was just joyous. But just seeing, like, the smile on Beyonce's face, that's my main takeaway is, like, yes, mom, yes, you did it. And this is her first child. We experienced Beyonce giving us the reveal on the MCV, was it the VMAs, 11 years ago. So it's like, oh, my goodness. Just seeing all this together is just joyous. But then also just seeing how she's growing. Like, even her facial features. In my mind, I'm like, yep, that's Jay-Z and Beyonce put together. Like, just... Like the, you know, the close-ups and then seeing her with her sparkle of makeup, seeing her with her blue nails, throwing up the rock. Of course, she had on a New York shirt. It's just amazing. I'm so happy for her. And I I was talking to my best friend. I was like, do you think she's going to keep her away from the entertainment industry? And she was like, maybe she's going to allow her to make that decision. But Beyonce knows because she experienced it. I was like, yeah. So just like being a mom in general. I know for me, I was so proud to see my little cousin. She did amazing. I was 11 when she was born. So to see like her progress, I consider her my little cousin. To some, she's niece blue. She's my cousin. I'm not that old, so she's my cousin. But Naisha, your point of seeing how proud Beyonce was to see her child perform. Since I went with my mom, it was just like, oh, that's a mom and daughter thing. And it's just so cute to see that in real time and like see their bond in real life and not just through documentary or through her revealing her pregnancy. Like I saw it in real time in real life. So it was just great to see. I'm just so proud of Blue. And to your point, Lex, the people having so many comments about that baby, like let her be a baby. I just never understand that. And it's always been that kind of conversation with her. And so just her being able to take ownership of who she is and perform how she wants to and enjoy her time, she reclaimed it. And I love that for her 11-year-old self. And I'm just so proud of her. Related to what Jaina said, I thought it was funny, like in a good way, the way people talked about Blue Ivy online, like she was crying at the last show. And people were like, I would cry too if I had to go back to school. And I was like, (laughs) I know she had the time of her life on the tour and so it was good to see people really supporting her and of course sometimes it was joking but like we get all the jokes about blue being the manager blue doesn't play whenever there were dancers switch they're like blue saw them slip up and i just love that we're giving her her props because the talent's there 
she's really a great dancer. So I don't know what people have to say. And I saw another TikTok that was night one. I think that was in Sweden, maybe wherever mm-hmm. night one was. And then to the final night or like some of the last shows and just seeing how much she's improved. That's really beautiful. And I hope she gets to look at that and really see like, I killed it. I killed it. I'm curious to know, we don't know anything about these people, but I love having these arguments in my head. How do you think this came about? Do you think Blue said, Mama, I want to be on tour and like work me into it? Or do you think it was Beyonce's idea to kind of incorporate Blue into the tour? I was going to say that I feel like it was Blue's idea because I think she was probably always like around because you see in like the documentary, she's around all the time. I feel like she just started dancing with some of the dancers or fooling around. And then it's like, oh, like maybe I want to try the routine or lead a routine. And I think it was incremental thing because I'm sure Beyonce has been working on this tour for a very, very long time. And so like Blue's been there for all of it because I can't really see like Beyonce knowing all that she's been through being like, you need to get on stage with me for this song. And like, I think the song was chosen intentionally, of course. But she doesn't give stage mom like that. I'm sure some of the performance days that she didn't do was because she's literally like, I don't feel like doing it today. And she's like, okay. And then just moved on. <laughs> and like, that's why I feel like it was Blue's idea. And I think that's also sometimes the very real sense of pride that you see in her when she makes her mark or like improves in a certain way. And the two dancers that flank her for the routine at all times, I think she also feels so supported by them. Those are the people that have probably been working on her like little tweaks and stuff. And I think it's honestly, it feels like such an intimate moment that we've actually been able to like witness in real time. But I do think that Blue got to choose to do this. Yeah, I think it probably was Blue's idea. And to your point, at least, like, you know, we joke about her being the manager and like she's running the show. But I feel like in some ways, some of that is true, you know, as much as a child would. And I feel like I also remember reading something about when the costume designers like work with Beyonce, like they always have like an outfit for Blue in case she wants to do something, right? And she was in the video for My Power, right? So that is from the Blackest King album. And so I think you're right. Like it was an incremental, like, okay, she was in the video. She's kind of dabbling around because it's kind of like take your kids to work day, right? And her mom is just Beyonce. And so she's playing around, singing on Brown Skin Girl, you know? So it does feel like she has been able to play in different things that were age appropriate. And it feels like this was kind of like an opportunity, like a summer tour to kind of, you know, have your summer internship dancing with your mom on her world tour. (laughs) So Dr. Joy, I understand you 100%. It's a summer internship. We were joking, like everyone's back to school essays. Blue is going to have the best one. (laughs) But I guess I was thinking more of on a business perspective. If she marks her name on this right now, the history is set. Like I was thinking when you mentioned Brown Skin Girl, she's a part of the credits. Those royalties are for life. And now I'm waiting for Rumi and Sir and going from there. So that's me because I'm like, Beyonce, she like, give a little hint. Blue, you could do this. And then of course, not forcing her. Like, Blue, would you like to? And then she's like, of course, mom, you already knew. Yeah, now definitely she is very business savvy, right? Because clearly Blue is credited on the tour as a dancer. I mean, so we playing around, but she's still going to get like her Emmy and Oscar and all the things. (laughs) I also just want to like give a cute little astrology plug because Blue is a Capricorn, of course. (laughs) And so, but that's also why I mean, like she got to choose in that way. Like if she's interested in coming to work with you, Because I feel like I was 
that kid who liked to go to work with my mom and see what she was doing and like play around and all that. My brother is not. He's like, no, I don't want to go. I don't want to come. Leave me at home. I want to be like in leisure. It's panned out to who we also are in our adult lives (laughs) a little bit. We love it. We love a cute astrology moment there, Cindy. <laughs> so at least we're going to start this question with you because I feel like you are a resident fashionista. So we saw over a hundred different looks from the tour across Europe and across the U.S. If you had to pick, I'm, I'm not going to limit us to one. If you had to pick your top three favorite looks from the tour, what would be your top three? Ooh, this is really hard. So my number one is the custom Telfar look. She did that one recently. I absolutely love that one. I was waiting to see that. Shout out to Shiona for getting that together because I was like waiting for Telfar. I knew it was coming. So that was probably my favorite. Then I'm going to go to the Marc Jacobs. She got a custom Marc Jacobs look remade. I'm trying to remember which city it was in, but she had on was it red dress in the black headpiece or a black headpiece in a red headpiece? I forgot which order it was, but it was a recreation of a Marc Jacobs look, but it was made by Marc Jacobs. And then this is going to be a little bit broad, but overall, I actually don't think she missed with any of the B outfits, but my favorite one was the very large hat. I think it had antlers on it. I think that was my favorite, but I'm going to say like, I was very happy to see the Telfar outfit. I was actually looking for more athleisure throughout the entire tour because I thought just with some of the Chicago and house references, we would get that streetwear look. So I will say any look where she did streetwear was also really good too. Okay, Elise, you have set the bar really high because I do not know know. any of them them designers. (laughs) (laughs) No, but like I also knew that like Elise was probably going to come prepared a little bit. So I did write down a few. Because, like, I honestly, since this tour rolled out, I need a coffee table book immediately. And, like, especially because I think there's not a dying art, but, like, there isn't as much appreciation, I feel like, for costuming and couture in this way and the craftsmanship. And so, like, I think this also reinvigorated that because it's Beyonce and it's on such a large stage. And the fact that for every city, she was being intentional about the looks that she was giving for each performance, even if she used a look again, she was always changing something. And so I feel like my favorite, there was the multicolored Poochie from Dallas, like the church girl outfit, that heat reactivity That was so dope to me. I just also loved the structure. Like, I really like structured pieces. And then the bee costume, or actually, no, it's not the Poochie. It was the Anriage. It's like a Japanese designer. At least help me out. I don't know. (laughs) But I did like the Poochie multicolored outfit that she did for, I think, night two of LA's show. That one that a lot of people didn't like, but I just loved how powerful the patterns were clashing together. And then I just always love the flame outfit. The Cavalli flame outfit is just a fave for mine because I think I love flames. So I don't know if I'll be able to pick three and they're all probably going to be a little basic, but I love the B. And then that beautiful gown she was wearing when she's sitting on the piano and she sings like, turn the fan on that outfit. I thought that color looks so good on her. But I really am also just obsessed with that final all silver summer renaissance look where she's up above. Like, I just think she looks so ethereal and perfect. So that's probably my three. 
Okay, what about you, Jaina? Okay, similar to Lex, putting me on the spot with three outfits. But if I had to pick, very broad descriptions. But she wore this pink gown, like very baby pink gown. And so I like just how, I mean, pink was definitely the color this year. But I loved how light it was and just how fairy-like she looked. But I also was super jealous that Houston night one did not get a red heated outfit. I was really disappointed with that, but it looked so good on her. And I really liked her opening dress, the polka dot. I've heard a lot of comments that people didn't like it. I personally loved it. It gave Southern Belle. It gave Texan Belle. So for me, it was on theme with Houston and it just looked like she's from the South. I loved it, but those would be my three if I had to choose okay all right good choices what about you Naisha? so i don't know the brand names so shout out to everyone who does know the brand names so there were three heated costumes and my favorite was the gold the red is popping with the gold just yes 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 the silver was okay but of course we still love it. it's beyonce and then i love just seeing telfar on stage like are you kidding me hello them birkins are in storage okay like i'm so happy <laughs> I'm so happy for them. And then when I was in New Orleans, I was pink Ivy Park glitter. And I'm like, who, did anyone buy that when it was available? I don't know. It just looks so good. And all the dances look so good. So for sure, the pink glitter Ivy Park, I was really loving it. It was like slits on the side. Loved it. I love that. I love that. So the colorful Poochie definitely was my favorite. I love that. I think she premiered that in LA for her birthday show. And then she did it, I think, both of the Houston nights. That was my favorite. I feel like I'm going to try to find something like that for Halloween and be a background dancer. That'll be my costume this year. But if I feel like that's such an eccentric pattern. Where am I going to find that from? But somebody will be able to put it together. So that was definitely my favorite. My second favorite was like a chartreuse yellow greenish gown that she wore one of the nights and then I think my third favorite would have to be the pink glitter as well so she did it in New Orleans but I feel like we had seen it early in the tour also because that was one of the outfits she was wearing when there was one of the wardrobe malfunctions when the twins had to help her I remember she was wearing that hot pink so the hot pink definitely was my third favorite but I also love seeing Telfar and I was very surprised so at least I love hearing you say like you knew it was coming but I was definitely very surprised and of course then Telfar had it up on the website so beautiful branding beautiful way to capitalize on their moment I was very excited to see them there So why do you think silver was the choice that she encouraged us to wear? Like, I'm really curious to see, is it something about the silver that's going to like just look very beautiful in the film? Like, did it capture well? Because I don't know that I necessarily, well, I guess, of course, the branding from the album was silver. But I wonder why silver is what she went to when she thought about like a renaissance. Any thoughts there? So I remember when she put out the CTA, like, this is what we're doing. Not even CTA, the this is what we're doing. And she said, we want to be a big old disco ball. We're going to take it back. We want to be happy. And it's going to be it's house music and it's joy. And I was like, okay, Beyonce, I feel you. And at first I was like, is this going to work? But when everybody came together, it was just a sea of silver. It's like, I never wore a full silver outfit. I even dyed my hair. It was supposed to be silver, but it didn't come out that way. But it's like, what? Like, And I'm like, in my mind, I was like, look how powerful Beyonce is. She literally told us a color. She could have told us to wear neon purple and everybody would have worn like head to toe. When she put it out originally, she said, let's just be a sea of happiness. And I felt it. In terms of the silver, like I'm typically not a silver girly, but it made sense for the album just between the disco ball. Aliens are usually portrayed as silver. 
chrome as a metal is so futuristic. And I also feel this album also kind of lives in that Afrofuturism place where it's thinking about this in an optimistic way, like our futures can be filled with joy and are filled with joy and kind of like transforming that pain. And so like, I feel like when you think of futuristic things, it's very silver. And so it made sense from that perspective, but it was just like really hard for me to be like, okay, I now need to find silver jewelry. <laughs> Cause I mostly wear like a lot of gold, but it was fun. And I feel like now I have silver incorporated into my wardrobe because I'm that type of person where I bought all this stuff for the costume, but I'm going to find a way to wear it and get multiple wears out of it, you know, girl math. But yeah, so I feel like the silver really made sense for the Renaissance album. I was going to ask Elise, any other fashion moments that you want to make sure we have recorded in our history? I love to see Beyonce's relationship with Oliver Roosting of Balmain because he gets so excited to create for Beyonce and I think he did maybe like four or five looks, but when she wore that, I, I knew it was coming because he's done other looks for her. And then her off-white Jacques Mousse and Ralph Lauren looks, the reason I love them is because they're very much representative of the brand, but still very Beyonce. She had like a top hat on in her Ralph Lauren look. It was all white. So that was really fun to see. And then I like how she played around with lingerie. That was really fun. And I think she wore, there's a brand, it's called like En Relage or En Relage. And it was this paneled construction. That is my favorite look because it was just very unexpected. Like Beyonce looked like a statue or like, I don't know, some type of chic porta potty. She was just, she was, she was just looking very statuesque. Like you couldn't see her figure. And I thought that was very out of character for Beyonce. But I loved how she just played around with so many different designers. So that was probably the look where I was like, she's having fun with it. And so I was like, I'm proud of you, Beyonce. But note on the Telfar, Beyonce had a Telfar before a lot of other celebrities. So I knew she was not going to miss that moment to reference, I'm a fan of the brand. Yes. And that Amri Lage is the outfit I was talking about in Dallas because it also does that heat color changing. Like all the panels go from white to multicolored. Just really cool. I wanted to jump in and ask a question for you guys. And don't judge me too hard because I've never watched The Wiz from start to finish. But Elise, when you mentioned the top hat, it made me think about what people were saying online about parallels to The Wiz and like Beyonce positioning herself as The Wiz, which I don't know if that's actually what she was doing. But I thought that if she was like subtly telling that story through the costuming, that that added a whole very cool element in there too. It kind of felt like an Easter egg. Like there's all these different theories. So. Dr. Joy, you mentioned malfunction just one time, but I saw a bunch of clips where things were malfunctioning, but she was just smiling, just happy. And what it gave me, it was like, Misha, when something goes wrong, just keep going. Beyonce keeps going. Just keep going. <laughs> no one knows. Or just make a joke out of it. Even New Orleans, like her glasses got stuck to her lashes a little bit, but she kept on going, kept on going. I was like, Misha, things are going to go wrong. The show still goes on. So that's how I interpreted the malfunctions taking place. I love that. She becomes a little voice of affirmation in your head. <laughs> More from our conversation after the break. Nowadays, a lot of these big companies pretend to care about our communities and issues with nothing more than lip service. State Farm is the opposite. 
They're actively investing in programs and initiatives that help educate in financial literacy, give early career advice, and grow Black-owned businesses, thus leading to generational wealth, which helps protect the future of our communities. Seeing our communities grow and thrive is something they care deeply about. They want to build a future that we all can be proud of. State Forum understands that representation alone doesn't mean authenticity, that it takes a good neighbor to sponsor programs like the AXO, a year-long program that recognizes and rewards high school students for their academic and cultural achievements, and to fund programs like Project Ready, a National Urban League program committed to the educational achievement of Black and Brown youth that to date participants have been awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers. State Forum believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and can have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Forum is there. Hey ladies, it's Dr. Joy here. May is High Blood Pressure Education Month. It's crucial for us, especially as Black women, to focus on our heart health. We pour our heart and soul into every aspect of our lives, but often our own health takes a back seat. That's where release the pressure comes in. It's all about us, Black women seeing self-care as an essential act of self-preservation. Whether it's for yourself, your family, or our community, your health is invaluable. Let's help to get our goal of 100,000 Black women putting their hearts first and learn more about their heart health. Here's how you can join in. Head over to iHeartRadio.com RTP for a chance to receive a $1,000 gift card to take care of yourself and prioritize your heart health. Let's make our health a priority. Visit iHeartRadio.com RTP today. Together, we can make a difference in our health and our lives. Join us and let's take care of our hearts together. May is Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month. And Macy's is highlighting some really cool AAPI-owned brands right now online and in-store. Some of my favorites are the jewelry from Hey Maeve and the skincare products from Kaja. For the entire month of May, join Macy's in supporting AAPI-owned fashion brands. You can show your support by donating online or by rounding up in store to benefit APIA scholars. APIA is the nation's leading nonprofit organization devoted to the academic, personal, and professional success of Asian American, Native Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander students. Join me by rounding up your purchase to the nearest dollar at checkout to support API scholars, an educational nonprofit. Shop Asian American and Pacific Islander owned brands at Macy's.com or in store. So we now know that Beyonce has announced that the visuals are coming to us in the form of a feature film December 1st. So I want to hear from people. What are your thoughts about the film? Are you going to go see it again in the theater? And what are you expecting from the film? Because I was, again, the chronically online friend who stayed up until tickets dropped and will be flying back to the city so that I can experience it with my friends because it's not going to be the same if I go see it by myself, you know, and it's it's the experience like I'm going to expect the same sort of collective joy that you mentioned, Dr. Joy. And I think one of the reasons I wanted to go to another show and so many people went is because you want to experience that sort of like pure euphoria and sharing it with other people. It's like, we don't get those big moments. And so I feel like doing that in the movie theater, it's just going to be the next chapter of that 
and more people will be able to experience it because it's not like you have to spend hundreds of dollars on the ticket and you have multiple times to go. So I can't wait to experience that again with my friends. So yes, the ticket has been secured. I will be attending the viewing, the screening, the concert part two. And I expect there to be singing. I expect it to be a concert in the movie theater. I'm hoping to see, I want Blue to have her own section in this film. I would love to see her fears, her ups, her downs. I would just love to see her creative opinions that she had being who she is and just her taking control of her artistry. Of course, I want to see Beyonce, but I would just love to see her children and seeing Rumi in the stands dancing with her sister and like seeing her big sister perform. I would love, love to see that aspect be a part of the film for sure. I also bought my ticket already for the film experience. I was still up last night and I feel like what I expect is just the added depth to it. Cause I feel like we saw glimmers of it throughout like the actual visuals and the touring experience with some of her speeches. I feel like those moments of reflection just in the way that they like actually unfolded would be really cool to like have incorporated. I just expect that it's going to be fantastic and it's bar setting work. And I know it's going to be good. What about you, Elise? I am looking forward to the behind the scenes moments. I think they're always great in Beyonce's narration is always beautiful. So I want to see what she's putting together. I'm curious to how much of like backstage we're going to see because we saw the picture of like Tiana Taylor and Jay-Z. Like I want those moments. I want to know who was backstage kicking with Beyonce after the show. And then also what is her recovery process? I hope she talks about that. Like, is she doing ice baths? Is there a sauna infrared? I just need everything. How does she decompress from performing every night for four months, almost four months. So I'm really excited. I have my tickets as well. I'm going on the 30th. I don't want to miss anything. I'm not trying to wait. So yeah, I'm going on 30th, latest show on the Thursday. I'm very excited. So exactly what Elise was saying, I want to know the recovery process. Like I want Beyonce to come to a sister circle community check-in. I'm like, Beyonce, how do you feel? Are you thankful that this is over? Are you excited? What, you, what is the emotion? I want to know, again, being a mom, like balancing this. Of course, she has way more help than I do. <laughs> but I just want to know, like balancing even the emotional aspect, being away from your children, if they were not able to travel to a specific city, FaceTiming them in between shows, things like that. And then also she took off a couple of dates. I wonder, how did she choose that priority to know when to go to a specific city, versus family events because there were some family events that took place and just just the behind the scenes there were also i was you know checking out some of the dancers instagram page or some personal moments that were shared and i'm very confident that the tour helped get through dark moments in their lives so i'm curious if those are going to be shared on screen i'm i'm really for the behind the scenes i just want to see her smile and just breathe uh that's what i'm looking forward to 
So I also stayed up for the announcement, but I have not yet bought my tickets for the movie because I'm not sure if I want to like see it immediately or if I want to wait until everybody else has seen it and like the theater will be empty and I can go enjoy it myself. Because I also feel like we are going to be in that cutting up clowning and you're really not going to be able to hear, right? Because people are going to think they're at the concert again. (laughs) So I'm debating on whether I probably will see it multiple times, but I have not as of yet bought a ticket. But I am also looking forward to the behind the scenes family stuff mostly like someone you said we already see clips of Rumi and Sir and Blue of course in the trailer that they've shared already so I'm very excited to see more of the family time and you know like you pointed out Elise what is the recovery like how do you maintain a voice across all of those shows and singing the way that she does and like there weren't often more than a day in between shows and so the recovery just must be immaculate and so I would also love to see a glimpse into that just because I think it would be really interesting. So I have one final question for us, but I also want to know if there are any burning questions that any of you have that you want to ask the rest of the group about the Renaissance experience. I have a question. So I'm curious to know who was the top special guest appearance, in your opinion? That's a tough one. So the special guest we had, we had Kendrick Lamar. We had Meg the Stallion. We had, of course, the illustrious Diana Ross. Was there anybody else? DJ Khaled was there, wasn't he? I think he opened okay. for some of the LA shows, but I don't think he was on stage at the same time as Beyonce was. I'll say the best opener had to be Kate Trinata. And I was hoping Kate Trinata would do more cities. So I was a little disappointed at that. But I thought that was the perfect opener and made the most sense compared to a lot of the other openers. But I have two answers. Diana Ross, because I feel like a lot of people struggle. This is not a valid struggle to put Beyonce in like a legend category. And so I feel like to have Diana Ross come on stage, put her in that category. And so I was very happy they did that. That was beautiful. My sister went to that show. I'm very jealous. But Megan was amazing because I just think our girl needed that support during this time, you know, with all of the, like the trial verdict and all that stuff. And then two nights before at his show, Drake had shaded Megan. And so for her to be on stage with Beyonce, Two days later, I was like, yeah, this is just the perfect scenario, the perfect situation. We needed this. So I think those are my two favorites. Yeah. I love the Diana Ross moment. You could tell that it was such a surprise for her because like literally she just came out and she was singing happy birthday. And I actually don't even remember the sequence anymore because it was just like, what is happening? Because to Elise's point, it does put her in that category. And like for someone like Diana to come and grace us with her voice essentially for the price of your Beyonce ticket and just to celebrate not even any special intro she just came here to like help celebrate this moment so I loved that that same show like Kendrick's mic messed up (laughs) I love that appearance but I also feel like I didn't actually get to like experience it experience it the mic did eventually come back on but it did mess up that like opening moment for him. I'm going to go ahead and say Meg was my favorite because I think that was the first time that they'd ever performed that song together, if I'm not mistaken. And then 
just to see the little scream she did, which is like, I love you, Beyonce. And like the little twirl in the screen where it was just like, it brought out the little girl in her, like that just sort of unbridled joy was so exciting to see and to see Beyonce let her shine like that. It felt like such a, a sisterhood moment. And I loved it. I agree with Lex. It was literally a sisterhood moment, both from the same town and just like, I got you and I see you. That's what I felt from that moment. And then I forgot what year it was, but Meg had tweeted, I love you, Beyonce, a couple of years ago to see that full circle moment. It's like, yes, sis, look at you now. Okay. So forget the rest of them. <laughs> Jaina, how would you answer that question? Yeah. So I agree with Kay Trinata, but I also believe in gate keeping Katrinata personally. So I was kind of just like, oh, like, why are you there? <laughs> but I also love Diana Ross, Kendrick Lamar, the mic. I was hoping he would pop up at another city and like redo it for the film. But I think my favorite was Kevin Prodigy. I loved seeing him in his element. That was amazing for Beyonce to provide him that opportunity, him being the voice of Renaissance, providing that space and like highlighting the work he has done for the community. I love seeing every part of it. And so I think he was my favorite performer personally because he is the backbone of the album. And so him having his time and taking it, he did amazing. So he was my favorite. I love that. We didn't have any openers or anything in Atlanta, so there was nothing really for me <laughs> to compare it to. Uh, but I definitely echo everything y'all have said about the Meg moment. That definitely felt like a sisterhood heals moment to me. So it, it was absolutely beautiful to watch for sure. So to wrap us up, I want to ask you all. So in her closing speech in most shows, Beyonce talks about hoping that you had a good time and that you can revisit the Renaissance anytime you feel like you need it. So I would love for you all to share how you are taking the Renaissance with you. I don't know why that's so difficult. <laughs> um, but knowing that I stepped outside my comfort zone wearing a whole silver outfit, even dyeing my hair, just knowing that it was a moment for me. And then also experiencing a road trip with a great friend going to New Orleans, best friend flying. It was just all a whole a whole shebang, you know, and then we were there with Beyonce, not for Beyonce, to me, we, she opened us up to her world with Blue, and then just like, I'm going to give y'all the real deal here. And it's crazy, because I went to other Beyonce concerts, but this feels so different. So I'm going to just keep walking with it, and then, of course, social media is going to keep blowing it up. We got the movie. I, I just can't wait. I can't wait. <laughs> so I'm still walking with it, for sure. I, I'm taking the silver jewelry with me, and the silver pieces. But I think the way that I feel like I'm carrying it forward is I'm just trying to find more moments of like community and like joy. I think just personally, like I resonated so much with this album because I have felt very disconnected for a little bit in various ways. And I think now with bringing all these different friends together, like being in community with arenas filled with people it's just reminded me that I can like continue to foster the communities that I have both near and far. So that's why I did LA, but we also did Dallas. And while we were in Dallas, we also had a baby shower from for one of my good friends from college. And so I think it's this continuation of celebration at every milestone and opportunity. So like, I think I'm just going to continue joy and celebration. So I spend so much time on my Renaissance outfit and like even what I was going to wear the next day when we went to dinner and talked about the concert <laughs> after we went. And I felt 
so pretty. And like, I got all of these compliments and I felt like I really tapped into Beyonce. Like I'm that girl. Right. And so I felt very inspired. I felt very light. And so I feel like that's what I'm taking with me is when I listen to the music and I rewatch the videos is like, right. Beyonce told me that I'm that girl and I can embody that at any time. I don't have to wait for her to say, here's a concert, get cute and come see me. And so that that was like something for me to put in my back pocket because it's easy to just schlep around <laughs> when you work from home so that I'm like, okay, yeah, right. I'm that girl right now and I can tap into that whenever I want to. I'm going to piggyback off of that. I felt like I don't wear like a lot of dresses and I wore a dress. So that was something I was like, okay, I'm dressing up for a concert. I'm wearing heels. Like I'm very much a relaxed person in the concert setting. So making more moments in my life an event And putting that intention behind them. I'm not going to save this outfit for whatever thing in the future. Like, I'm going to use it now. And obviously, Beyonce is a huge event. But I think it channeled that energy for me. I think for me, I'm going to take away the value in remembering that we're not monolithic. And that everyone can show up in their unique way. Cliche a little bit. But I just think that the concert and the tour just reminded me of that with the dancers being themselves with Beyonce giggling and being herself. And like just that affirmation because Beyonce is a perfectionist in what she does just to remind myself and people around me of like, you can just be who you are and that's enough every day. It doesn't take one night for you to feel free. You are free. And so that was definitely a huge takeaway for me. I love that. Such beautiful answers. Thank y'all. So definitely for me, I'm definitely taking the joy with me because, again, I just feel like that was so contagious and I, I want to live in that space for as long as humanly possible. But as I was sitting there that night, I was definitely taking notes because podcast because I knew we were going to talk about the Renaissance tour. And one of the notes that I wrote for myself was, what is your stage? And this was my first Beyonce concert. So I had not seen the Queen before, even though I'm a huge fan, but I was giving birth for one of the tours, so I couldn't go. And then various circumstances. So this was my first time seeing her. And so I think seeing her on stage and she felt so at home and so at peace and was just letting all this love into her, right? Like as we are cheering when she first comes on and giving her a standing ovation for like a minute or more, it just felt like we all have that space, even if it is not a stage, right? And so thinking about like, what areas can I master? What areas of my life feel like my stage where I can show up in all of my glory and allow people to love on me and be excited and affirming of me? So that definitely is how I'm taking the Renaissance with me is continuing to think about what my stage is. That's so good, Dr. Joy. I'm going to be thinking about that for the rest of the day. That's really good. I literally got chills while you were saying that because like now I'm just going to be ruminating about it. I'm probably going to journal about it and try and figure out what (laughs) my stage is because this has been a summer of reinvention for me. I have been like overcoming a lot of burnout. And so it's like, yeah, what is my stage and like, where is it that I can feel home? Because I think one of the special things about Beyonce clearly is that she loves performing. This tour just like showed that. She has fun with it. She's like, I see somebody in the crowd. Let me do a cute little improv ad lib. Like what? Okay. Mm -hmm. And so clearly this is that stage for her. 
And to your point, I feel like I always left feeling really inspired, but now I'm like, oh, there's a new way for me to think about that inspiration. I love that. And you know, we love a good journal prompt. So I love that y'all are getting a journal about that. Well, I appreciate y'all joining me for this beautiful conversation. I was so excited to hear everybody's thoughts and what you were walking away with. So as we wrap up, just remind people where they can find you online and stay connected with you if they would like. We'll start with you, Jaina. Yes. So my Instagram is my name. So Jaina, J-A-Y-N-A dot Ellis, E-L-L-I-S. You can find me on Instagram, two mommies and a baby, T-W-O, mommies and a baby. I'm on Instagram at Lex, L-E-X dot Nichelle, like Nichelle Nichols. I'm on Instagram at E-L-L-I-C-E-L-L-I-S. And you can connect with me on LinkedIn. My name is Elise Ellis, E-L-L-I-C-E-E-L-L-I-S as well. You can find me on Instagram at Essence of Sin, C-I-N. And then you can also find me on LinkedIn, Cindy Okereke, O-K-E-R-E-K-E. Perfect. We'll be sure to include all of that in the show notes. Thank y'all so much again for spending some time with me today. I'm so glad the team was able to join me again for this fun conversation. To learn more about them and the work that they're doing, be sure to visit the show notes at therapyforblackgirls.com slash session 330. And don't forget to text two of your girls right now and tell them to check out the episode. If you're looking for a therapist in your area, check out our therapist directory at therapyforblackgirls.com slash directory. And if you want to continue digging into this topic or just be in community with other sisters, come on over and join us in the sister circle. It's our cozy corner of the internet designed just for Black women. You can join us at community.therapyforblackgirls.com. This episode was produced by Frida Lucas, Elise Ellis, and Zaria Taylor. Editing was done by Dennison Bradford. Thank y'all so much for joining me again this week. I look forward to continuing our conversation real soon. Take care. The reviews for Sisterhood Heels are rolling in, and I simply cannot stop smiling. At the Hot Girl Books on Instagram shared, finished reading this warm hug of a book last night, and wow, it made me want to hug my sister friend so bad. Sisterhood Heels is a beautiful guide on how we as Black women can use our community and friends to aid in our healing process. Thank you so much for the beautiful review. Have you grabbed your copy yet? Get one for yourself and a friend at sisterhoodheels.com. Hey ladies, it's Dr. Joy. As women, we put our hearts into everything. May is High Blood Pressure Education Month, and it's time to focus on our heart health. Release the Pressure wants to help Black women look at self-care as an act of self-preservation. During High Blood Pressure Education Month, let's help get to our goal of 100,000 Black women putting their hearts first and learn more about their heart health. Visit iHeartRadio.com RTP for a chance to receive a $1,000 gift card to take care of yourself and prioritize your heart health. That's iHeartRadio.com RTP. Looking for hair removal tools that not only deliver smooth results, but also empower you with a sense of complete control? Enter Conair Girlbomb, your secret weapons for smooth, sleek results made just for women. From the ultimate girl bomb grip and professional grade blades, you don't have to compromise and settle for less. Conair Girl Bomb equips you with the precision and power previously reserved for men's grooming tools. So take your hair removal routine to the next level with Conair Girl Bomb. 
Available at conairgirlbomb.com or a retailer near you. Nowadays, a lot of these big companies pretend to care about our communities and issues with nothing more than lip service. State Farm is the opposite. They're actively investing in programs and initiatives that help educate in financial literacy, give early career advice, and grow Black-owned businesses, thus leading to generational wealth, which helps protect the future of our communities. Seeing our communities grow and thrive is something they care deeply about. They want to build a future that we all can be proud of. State Farm understands that representation alone doesn't mean authenticity, that it takes a good neighbor to sponsor programs like the AXO, a year-long program that recognizes and rewards high school students for their academic and cultural achievements, and to fund programs like Project Ready, a National Urban League program committed to the educational achievement of black and brown youth that to date participants have been awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and can have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.